give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What is good, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street. It is the Draft Dak NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tulliba, and I am not here, as always, with my co-host Albert Gim today. Albert is planning on joining us in a little bit. We have a fill-in. The, the, the way we treat this podcast, it's like a Tom Thibodeau injury. It's next man up. We got my homie. Fellow No Ceilings member, Tyler Rucker, Backcourt V. Uh, thank you for, for stepping up and filling in as, as Albert does his duties. No, I mean, it's like it's like getting Michael Jordan off the bench. So, you know, of course, Albert had to be a slacker. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped to be back on the draft deck. It's been a minute. It's been it a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, and it, it's actually quite fitting for where – where I'm going to start the podcast today. We're going to talk about uh, Jalen Duran in a little bit, but we got some monster breaking news today that Shaden Sharp is, is he potentially uh, eligible for the 22 draft or he just is straight up eligible and we'll find out if he's going to be in. Yeah. It seems like it was just something that kind of shook the world of, you know, draft fans, like evaluators, like, you and myself, it was kind of like, okay, excuse me, you know, Gavoni dropping a Gavoni bomb in the middle of the day. So it's going to be a wait and see approach. Um, You know, he enrolled at Kentucky in January. Um, They said he's been practicing with the team. Um, Gavoni even said later, you know, we'll see in the next couple of games if, you know, Calipari unleashes him because a lot of talent. Um, This is one of the top recruits in the nation and, could be another curveball in this draft class. We could it, get another, you know, force in, in the middle of the mix. It would be a force. Uh, Sharp, I, I believe, is the number one ranked prospect for the 2023 class. And the last time you were here, I believe, was when I made you watch a bunch of Ball is Life highlights. Yes. And base your top 10 rankings um, off of the the slam ball is life mixtapes so i it's fitting because um we're so deep in the 2022 class that i straight up my evaluation of sharp right now is only from the slam mixtape that i watched 10 minutes before we started (laughs) recording tonight and uh let me just tell you i'm all the way in (laughs) All the way in already. I love this. Me and you, two of the most patient guys in the draft universe, and you're all the way in. I love this. All the way. I'm throwing all the chips on the table. I'm putting it on. You know when, like, when you're watching Cade, like, you can just watch him move on the court, and you're like, that dude, he's got it? Yes. Like, Sharp's got it. Like, there's not much that, you know, you can get from these highlight mixes, but you can see if a dude moves like a basketball player. Like right, that right. is evident. And he's very fluid. He's very fluid. I did watch a little bit of uh, his footage from a game. Um, thanks to our friends at Instat. Um, be, so I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm all in. And if he's in this class, 
I'm telling there are going to be some opinions flying. I'm ready for I'm ready for the let's take him number one. I'm ready for the are we sure he's good? Uh, is he a lottery pick? Is he overrated? I'm ready for all of them. I can't wait for it. But it's it's big news uh, because it could be another like blue chip type prospect in a draft where I think we're all starting to wonder after we get to what like I mean there's just a, a ton of uncertainty after four. Um, so very exciting stuff and uh, breaking news in the draft world. I also last night I met up with our friend Nathan from the Draft Deeper podcast to watch Rutgers take on Iowa. Uh, I didn't hit any traffic, so I actually got to watch warmups wow. and got to see the full game. So that was nice. I really needed to get a, a close eye on Keegan Murray. Now I want to say I know that you're you're in. You talked about it on the backcourt violation podcast. Uh, I believe you mentioned it on the No Ceilings podcast. You're in on Keegan Murray. I want to hear your thoughts, or I want you to give our listeners your thoughts, because we we covered Keegan a few weeks ago, and um, I want a, a, a new perspective on him. Yeah, so this was a guy in the beginning of the year that I just felt like no one really had a good you know feeling for him. Everyone, It, it seemed like everyone was nervous to jump into the deep end, and... One night I just said, like, screw this. This guy's pissing me off. I'm going to check it out. So I dove into his film and just sort of hit me like a ton of bricks. And I really, really like the type of player he is. I think he's just one of these quiet demeanor, carries himself maturely. I really think he does a lot of stuff on the court that might not be sexy, might not be exciting to a lot of you know fans or evaluators, but he's just an intelligent player. I mean – Really jumped at me with his awareness off the ball. Um, kind of knows where to space himself, knows where to find little holes in the defense. And I'm just intrigued. This looks like a guy that's going to play a long time at the next level. And I, I think this is the type of player that helps you get out of the lottery. He's trending towards being an early lottery selection. This is the type of guy you need to add to the team to, you know, take that next step to getting towards the playoffs. So, Every time I watch Keegan Murray, I just find something new that I love about him. And I know that you and Nathan went to that game against Rutgers. And, you know, he struggled a little bit. You know, Rutgers threw the kitchen sink at him. But I just really like some of the plays he made on the floor. Um, He just really intrigues me. I I think this is going to be a guy NBA teams just fall in love with when they get him in for interviews and the pre-draft workouts, like, this just seems like a guy that could creep up. Yeah, he he really impressed me last night too. And and when you go to a game where a player, I I don't think he struggled. Um, I think that Rutgers had an awesome game plan. Uh, I think Iowa kind of was really late to alter and change their game plan. Like they were just trying to work him in the post. And until like the last five minutes or so, it felt like they just were being stubborn about it. Um, and they were just slowing it down, grinding it out. Uh, the Jersey Mike's arena that Rutgers plays at is one of the toughest places to play. Like at least in the big 10, I think in the country, like they are awesome there. I've yet to see them lose there. Ron Harper jr. Is like a big body dude who, who can, you know, actually handle him physically. But from the minute I walked in, I saw this dude locked in prepared, like from stretches through warmups, like, 
he just had a look in his eye like, I'm getting ready for this game. This is a big game. Like, I'm getting ready for it. From the tip, like, offensively, defensively, he was just engaged and, and focused. Like, he just – you could see the look in his eye. And I'm, you know, I'm five feet away from him. So you just see this, you, you just see it in him. He's got something. He's, he's, I feel like he's bigger than he, he looks on screen. He looks pretty big on screen, but he's, a that's legit what I wanted NBA. to ask he's you. Got cause legit, he's got legit NBA size. Cause that's what I wanted to ask you. Cause yeah, he's as thick, you know, Corey, like, it's, it's totally different. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's totally different seeing guys in person. No. And, you know, when they're listed 6'8", yeah. and you see them in person, you're like, that's a big 6'8", you know. So did he just jump at you right away with his size? Yeah, yeah. He's So he's leaner than I think he looks with his jersey on. Okay. He, warm, he warms up the entire time without his jersey on. Like, he's very lean. But he's, like, at the same time, he's got a thickness to him that you could tell he's going to really, like, as his body matures, like, he's got – you know, pretty decent shoulders. His legs are a little bit thicker than like his brother's legs are. Like you could tell he's putting in the time in the weight room um, and you could see where it's going. And I was lukewarm on him at, at the beginning. Cause I was, uh, I'm like, he's putting up these godly numbers. And if he's putting up those godly numbers and he's not the number one pick, then there's got to be some reason that he's not right. Like, cause his advanced right. numbers were crazy. His counting stats were crazy. Um, and I was like, you know, he's going to be a 21 year old sophomore, which for me is not a big deal. I was ridiculously high on Davion Mitchell last year who, you know, was same age. Um, but he's built for the modern NBA. You know, I, I think that, Anybody who drafts him and is expecting him to be like a superstar number one option, I think that's a stretch. But right. like in this league where it's like, hey, are you six eight, six nine with a long wingspan and you can dribble pass and shoot? Okay, you could play anywhere. You'll play right. in any lineup. He can guard multiple spots. He switched seamlessly, head on a swivel, like he can protect the rim, play up, he can guard out on the perimeter. I just love, I was, I was into it. Like his, the shot looked buttery smooth. Uh, like n- absolutely no doubt in my mind, he's going to be enough of a shooter to at the very least like attack closeouts. And I loved him in transition. Uh, even though he, he didn't have the best like scoring output he had all year. I was really impressed because in a sloppy, ugly game like that, can you find ways to contribute? And like 13 boards, a couple of blocks, like I'm, I'm in. I'm in on Keegan Murray. I think, like you said, he is not going to be a, a late lottery pick. He's trending up to that top part. You know, I think top seven or eight is almost like a lock for him because there's just no guarantees, you know, after, what, three? Right, maybe, right. Maybe not even there. Maybe not even there. So I just feel me. like he's a – I feel like he's a guy, and I, I said this on the backcourt pod, and I know, like, people are going to think I'm crazy, but – I'm not saying he's this guy, but he carries himself like Tim Duncan, where he's just quiet, but you can tell the seriousness, like the, the just locked in. And he's almost like boring yeah. when you watch him on tape because he's just such a technician where he's just lulling you to sleep. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of the little stuff that really stands out. I'm like you, I'm all in on him. And I'm not saying that with like, he needs to be a top four pick. I'm saying if you got him at that seven or eight spot, and you're one of those teams, yeah. you'd be pumped up to get a Keegan Murray around eight. Like, I just really yep. think this is a guy you need. And I'm right there with you. 
you can't be drafting him thinking he's going to be this number one, you know, option that's going to carry your team. But if he's going to be a complimentary piece with some, you know, weapons you have around him, it's going to be a really, really fun piece to have. So let's, uh, let's pivot from there. I think we're both sold on, on Keegan Murray, uh, going forward at, at least we got another guy that we can feel comfortable with today's episode is all about the big man from memphis jalen duran center from memphis reclassified to be in the 2022 draft um he is a young 18 years old like one of the youngest prospects in the draft like he and teammate amani bates both reclassified amani is like I think his birthday's in January and uh, Jalen's birthday's in November. So like he just made the cut to even be able to be eligible for this class. He's going to be like 18 and a half years old on draft night. So, you know, when we talk about these measurements, you have to put in perspective that this is a kid who is still supposed to be finishing out his senior year in high school. Right. right. Uh, he's 6'11", 250, 7'5 and a half wingspan. Memphis had a pro day earlier in the year. Um, so those, those were his measurements out of that pro day. Uh, his counting stats is at 10.6 points per game, 7.2 rebounds per game, 1.1 assists, 2.1 turnovers, 2.6 blocks, 0.8 steals. Um, field goal percentage, 63.3% has not hit a three. He's shooting 57% from the free throw line. True shooting percentage is 63 PER 22.6. Um, so pretty good numbers. Pretty good numbers, and obviously the size, the frame, which we'll get into, is is huge for a kid who is so young. His stock price in preseason, ESPN had him at number four on their board. SB Nation had him at eight. Tankathon had him at four. Basketball News had him at four. Bleacher Report had him at five for an average price of five. He was the fourth-ranked prospect on the preseason draft act IPO. He pretty much hovered around the those areas in the December update. In January, um, as of today, I updated a lot of the rankings. He's starting to slip a little bit. The numbers are starting to slip a little. ESPN still has him at five. SB Nation still has him at six. Tankathon has him at 10. Basketball News has him at six. Bleacher Report has him at 11. No ceilings. We had him at nine on our last board for an average price of 7.83. So we went from an average price of 5 to an average price of 7.83. With that said, on the January draft update that we just dropped, he was still the fifth-ranked prospect on the board overall. So uh, while you know some outlets are putting him towards that 9, 10, 11 area, ESPN still has him as top five. Pick, right so he he still has some believers um it's not like he's one of these guys who had this massive fall from grace like Peyton Watson Caleb Houston he's still hanging around even though he hasn't been I think everything we wanted right, he, right. We, we've wanted a little bit more but I'll ask you based on that average price 7.8 is Jalen Duran's stock price too high too low or is it just right you know, I'm going to probably surprise you because I was excited when you asked me to come on this because we've had different opinions about Duran in the beginning sure. of the year. I was a lot colder than you were about him. Mm-hmm. And we usually see eye to eye. So that always bugs me because I'm like, what, what am I missing? But right. Same. I think it's a little low 
And that's coming from a guy that is lower on him than I think a lot of people are because draft time is going to come and this guy's going to heat up. And oh, yeah. just because, just because I'm, you know, I have him right outside my top 10, he's moving back up. But just because I have him low, like I still think he could be a top five pick because yeah. NBA front offices always drool over big guys, especially super young ones with his measurables. Like those are freakish measurables. He's still figuring out everything. There's so much tools to work with and teams always drool over potential franchise setting big. So always, you know, like it, it just, it always happens. Go look, go more, back and look at previous drafts. It always happens. On, I was going to save that for later, but I, I literally in my notes, I wrote, he's like the epitome of the NBA's existential crisis of like, <laughs> does it make sense to draft this traditional center this high in the lottery? Like right. that is the NBA front office existential crisis. Like here's this guy staring at me who looks like everything you could ever possibly want. Is this the direction of the modern NBA? What are we doing here? Should we just wait till later in the draft to draft one of these other big men? It's he's one of the, he's the guy that makes you almost overthink your philosophy on basketball. He's yes. that special of a physical specimen. Because every single team is going to be like, hey, we can get one of these bigs later in the draft, like you're saying. But then they're going to get Jalen Duran in front of themselves in an, open, <laughs> in an empty gym, and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, what is this? Like, So <laughs> it's just one of those things. You, people are going to be sweating in more rooms. And like I said, just because I have him lower on my board doesn't mean I'm not expecting him to be a very early selection because – like you're saying, this kid would be getting drafted out of high school if that was allowed. And the tools are freakish. We're going to have to weigh in the situation with what he's playing in at Memphis. Um, but he's starting to show more flashes. Obviously, yep. like you said, we want to see a little bit more. But, I mean, when he's rolling and he's got that, you know, energy flowing and he's a little nasty, he is really fun. But, I, you know, as I've had questions, I'm slowly starting to warm up. I'm starting to finally see what Corey's seeing. I hate <laughs> well, to tell him that he's right. <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to talk it out for me. Yeah. Me personally. Uh, I think that his stock, like it's just right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I started moving my board around a little bit and uh, I have him right now at eight. Okay. So his average stock price, 7.8. Like that is right in line with where I'm at personally. Um, could he turn it up a little bit? Could he, you know, absolutely. And I could have a, I, I could bump him back up to where I started him. But as of right now, I think that's like a safe area, you know, because uh, when I look at these numbers, it's like, I almost feel it's plus minus like three spots both ways. You know, like I could see him being the fifth spot, the fifth guy taken, the fourth guy taken. I could also see him falling to the 11, 12 spot where, mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think this is the right the right spot for him. Let's talk out the specifics. Let's yes. get into like the scouting report. Let's talk about the skills, maybe the lack thereof. You're our guest. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to to choose what part of his game you wanna you wanna talk about first. 
Okay, I, I got to talk about this because it's bugging me. I feel like we talked in the group chat for no ceilings earlier this week, and you had some good points, and this is perfect to talk about it. I'm always nervous with athletic bigs mm. that are just stronger, jump out of the gym. I'm just always nervous about it because yeah. I've, you know, I've talked with Tyler Metcalf on the no ceilings pod. Like I'm always cautious because why can't you get that later in the draft? You can always find them potentially in free agency too, like serviceable bigs. What his feet fascinate me because mm. they seem heavy. He also shows some flashes where he's really quick and it's almost like, I think he's trying to process like his body's trying to process what his mind wants to do. Mm. And that's, he shows fa- like flashes of it being quicker with repetition. So at first, when I first watched him early in the year, I was like, okay, he's got really heavy feet. And then I kept watching more and I was like, maybe I'm wrong. And he's just a powerful monster. Cause I mean, he gets any offensive rebound and goes back up. There's not a lot of people that are stopping him. So no, are you thinking his feet are a lot quicker than I'm seeing first? Do I just need to basically lock myself in a room and just watch him like slide all over the place left and right? Or, or what are you, what are you vibing on? I think it's like one of those situations where like you would get into like a political argument with somebody and you're giving them information from your news source and yes. they're giving you information from their news source. And like, you could find examples of where you're both right and both wrong because he both has heavy feet and light feet. You know, I've, I, I wrote about him on the no ceiling Substack, and because you know, it seemed like the internet community at large, because for as much as I just said, the mainstream outlets are still kind of having that belief in him. Uh, and you also have to take into account a lot of these outlets have been following him since he was a, a, a high school kid and not just buying, you know, buying in now they're seeing maybe some other parts of his game, but a lot of the, the internet draft community was, was kind of out. So I wanted to write about him to kind of be like, I'm, still in we shouldn't give up even if there are concerns uh, and this is why and let's show the talent and you could see plenty of examples of him ha- being really light on his feet and you know he got uh switched out onto jd davison at at one point in the alabama game and he's he's hip to hip with him you know switching his stance out on the perimeter made him kick the ball out non-penetrating pass back to the top of the the perimeter like J.D. Davison's an explosive guard. You know, right, it's right. not like he's uh, staying in front of, you know, some low-level school in, you know, from that you can make up. It sounds like it would be like uh, a team that uh, they would play on Friday Night Lights. Like, J.D. Davison's a, a guy who could potentially be a top-20 pick. So you have examples like that, and then you have examples where he's a little bit slow-footed. Uh, maybe he's, like, not getting up the court as fast as you want him to. And it almost seems like he's running on his heels a little bit, you know, like he's using his whole foot. So I see it both ways, but I've seen enough flashes in the, in the right direction to be like, I think you can work with this. Like, this is not going to be like, his feet are not going to be detrimental. I think with his length, seven, five and a half wingspan, crazy. And he can get into a stance, you know, like, uh, and we'll talk about some of the other bigs later. Um, 
but Walker Kessler's got tight hips, you know, and he does a good job doing what he can, but like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to stick NBA guards on an Island with all that space. I think Dern can do that. So I, I think he moves his feet well enough. And I think offensively, like he's, he's shown enough to be light on his feet for me personally. Yeah. I, I, I think what you're saying is completely right. You know, the, the more I watched him, the more flashes I keep seeing. And that's what you want with a raw big that's still developing is like the more you watch, the more you get enticed. And it's one of those, like I watch his film and I like kind of go, okay, I'm buying in a little bit more. And then you find yourself like the next day being like, I I need to go watch him again. Like you see what every evaluator or NBA team is going to be drooling over. You see why there was so much buzz around him going into the year. So I know, I, I know it sounds crazy with what you said, but I think you make a lot of sense. Like there's times where he's heavy. There's times where he's really light. Um, there's even some games where I was like, is he wearing the wrong, like his, his shoes too big? Cause he's just running so weird in them. But, um, and you also see him like get switched out on the perimeter and he holds his own against quicker guards. He covers ground in a hurry. Um, I also think he's got some, you know, some weak side rejections where he gets places quickly when he wants to. Yeah. So I'm definitely intrigued. I'm definitely buying in more now that I've taken a deeper dive. And it's just one of those guys that I think the more game tape we get, the deeper the season goes on, we're going to keep seeing more and more flashes. And I don't know. You, you got me now on the on the Jalen Duran train because I keep looking at my board and I'm like, I could probably move him up. Like I used to be comfortable having him lower. Now I'm like, I, I feel weird. I have like a cold sweat down my back. Yeah. I so with the rim the rim protection we know right. probably his A plus this is going to translate skill right like he's going to block shots yes we talked about the feet like is he going to be able to guard in the perimeter a little bit um do you think that he's like scheme versatile cuz I think if you're if you're drafting him in the top 7 top 5 you know, maybe the top 10, I don't know, though, again, this draft, like, why not swing for the fence if with some of these other prospects? Uh, I think if you're a front office, the mindset should be like, all right, we're in the second round of the playoffs. Jalen Duren's our starting center. He's a big part of our rotation. He's a starting center. He's playing 33 minutes a game in the regular season. In round two, it's game six. And, you know, uh, Memphis is going small. Is Jalen Duran on the court in the fourth quarter? I mean, I think that's, that is the question that's going to swing his entire stock. I think you have to, you know, cause it's like, I'm also bringing in the shooting touch. I know we're going to probably talk about that in a sec, but I, you have to figure out, is this a guy that's going to turn into a more versatile two-way player or is this a shot blocking blob threat that mm. doesn't offer much more, but that's what he does at an NBA skill level because he has times around the basket where I'm like, the power is freakish. Like, and it, it's just like, no one can stop him. It, it's like when he gets a gather and goes right up, it's just like, get out of the way. Like he's going through people. I want to say yes, just because I've seen enough from like, we always have to remind ourselves how young he is. 
And you've yep. seen enough times, like you're saying, when he went out against J.D. Davison, you've seen him switch on the perimeter, and he's sliding his feet. He's he's showing he can hang. Mm-hmm. I think it's there, and I think it's only going to get quicker. Um, I think he's shown some signs this year of the processing is is on its way when it comes to yeah. like reading the floor, analyzing the defenses. So I definitely think that that could be a yes to that answer. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be, you know, chasing potential, and that's where it gets dangerous for GMs. But I, I really do think the more I keep watching him, the more I found myself wanting to buy in. Yeah. What about you, Corey? I'm throwing it right back I, at you. I, I, I'm in. I, you know, I, I think again, like, so I think a lot of it may have to do with the offense and how it develops, which right. we'll touch on in a little bit. But I think defensively, like, I just I've seen him blitz a pick and roll at the top of the perimeter and recover down to his man and block a shot, you know, like, and cover the ground when the ball's swinging. Now, obviously at an NBA level, he's like in this scenario now, maybe he doesn't get there, but he's 18, he's learning and he's, he did it at the college level. He it's, it's on the film. He, he did that. Uh, and I think with his size, like, you know, I, I know that so often, you know, we want to talk about process. Like, uh, is is his processing great? Is the process the right process? Or when you're a physical freak like that, sometimes you can get the result without the process. And right. he does have that. Um, so I, I, I'm buying in, and that's why I've kind of never wavered and really had him falling to the top 10, you know, uh, even though I have him at eight, which I've, I've dropped him down the board a little bit. Uh, it's not like set in stone. My board has been more fluid <laughs> this, this year than any other year, but <laughs> you know, I, I think he's a good rebounder. Um, and I, I, I think he's doing some things in uh, on a team that is not my favorite to watch, but the strength is there. He's not going to get bullied. Like, I think he's a guy it, centers are not dead, you know, like, Right. He look and and B just had one of the you know and Jokic they both had like the best center nights ever of all time, (laughs) like on the same night. Um, but like I'd rather go to war with Jalen Duran in year four against those guys than uh you know Nick Vucevic. I don't know, like my whoever my my small ball center like who's a small ball five that you're just like all right they they you can't do that with those guys so right uh you know i get it and i i think that like a lot of people are probably gonna have like the the rudy gobert conversation in their head which is not totally fair um but i think and i don't know if he gets there we'll see but i feel like a lot of this stuff is very like he's going to get compared to Bam. Yeah. I I'm not I'm not comparing him to Bam, but in in this instance, I want to say I I would I want people to go like check out the Draft Express website and like the scouting reports written about Bam. You know, there's a like it's not like Bam was this surefire guy. Like people didn't think he processed the game. Now right. you look at you think of Bam and you're like this is a guy who is one of the best at processing the game. And he was just an athletic finisher, you know, rim protector kind of guy at Kentucky. Now we know that 
Kentucky guys don't always get to show the bag, right? But I think that maybe he's in a similar situation on this shitty Memphis <laughs> roster as well. Um, so it, what you see here, especially from such a young kid, like you can't look at him now and be like, well, he doesn't process every single pick and roll coverage the right way every single time. He's never going to. He just turned 18. All it takes is a little bit of good coaching and it clicks, and then it's a wrap. Right. And I think you're spot on about the BAM comparison because I think that's that's been an unfair one. Um, yes. Because they're just – they're not as similar as people think. Um, and no. you're spot on. Like, I feel like every draft class after someone shows some signs as a rookie, people love to go back and be like, well, how did he last so long in the draft? And it's like, there's a reason he lasted. Like, BAM wasn't this finished product at Kentucky – he still had a lot of like, you know, holes in his game, but the coaching, the development, you know, a team stress patience with them at the next level. Yes. Miami right shout spot. out. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying with Duran. Like I, I think there's definitely his stats won't show you the growth, but there's definitely, if you watch him from the beginning of the year to like that recent Alabama game where all of a sudden the motor was just on fire and you're like, okay, this is the guy we want to see. Like this is a completely more like exciting player. Cause he was just passionate. You know, he's making plays and screaming. Like that's where you're, you're seeing the engagement pick up. So I think he's growing throughout the year and that just goes to show you how young he is. Like we have to keep bringing that up. And I, I love the draft guys that are older. Like I'm like you, like older yeah. guys, if they can play, they can play. So, you know, it's just, it's just with him. It's, you want to keep seeing the flashes grow over the year. And I think he's on the right path. It might be slower and it's not what we were hoping to get, but I really do think that everything's starting to come together. And, you know, like you said, that team is a little tough to watch at times. So <laughs> they are. Uh, and, and I saw them live. Um, right. They, they I didn't want to bring it up. I saw them live. I was very, I was really excited. You know, yeah. like uh, it, it's funny because the, it was a double header. Uh, first game was Xavier uh, versus Iowa state. And, you know, I was like, all right, Paul Scruggs. Uh, I know Simon Hawks draft nerd is like really big on Tyrese Hunter. You know, right. it was my first real game watching him. And I'm, that game, I had so much fun. I'm like, Tyrese Hunter is amazing. He's my favorite player of all time. I'm all in. <laughs> Let's go. Like, this kid, I, he, I, he's got the look. Like, I'm yeah. ready to buy in. And I was like, what a great opening band to see the headliner. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm I'm so excited about that. And um, and then the games, and the, the warm-ups, I'm – I'm up, I'm taking video and pictures. I'm like, this dude literally looks like he could eat me alive. Like, <laughs> like Mike Tyson, uh, I'll eat your, your children type yeah. like physical monster dunks, like dunking like a wing just. And then he underwhelmed me in the game. And yet I walked away from it going, oh, I'm not worried at all. Like, right. <laughs> like, I'm not worried about it at all, even though I didn't have fun watching him live. Um, so even when you see underwhelming games live there, there are like, you can't look at the totality and the result of the, that specific game. When you're evaluating talent, you have to look at like some of the other stuff. He had a monster block that completely changed the momentum of the, uh, of the game for Memphis, like just absolutely game flip like that. So 
defensively, I think he has that kind of defensive momentum swinging stuff to his game. I think he'll guard enough on the perimeter, and I think he's got the strength to bang with some of these new, big, huge, more traditional, but like neo-traditional centers. Uh, Before we get into the offense, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Oh, no, he's here. My co-host is back. We are making this a triple threat match. And there's going to be a lot of wrestling talk in this podcast. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Albert, garbage time, Gim. Hell in a cell, baby. This feels like um, (laughs) this feels like New York, um, New York talk show radio. Like I'm calling in, like I'm Sal from Staten Island, just calling in, just you know, have some questions about the Jets' offensive line. Um, (laughs) Hey, uh, hey, hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. What do you uh, what do you think about um, uh, we trade uh, that 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 kid uh, that we drafted this year? Let's get Tom Brady in here. What do you think? What do you think of that? You know, Brady goes to he goes to big market. Um, you know, he tries he sticks it to, to Belichick. I think you know we give him a a, a six round pick and uh, and Vinny Testaverde jersey, and uh, you know we we get him we get him in gangrene. That's exactly um, what it feels like right now. But um, <laughs> oh my god, I, I told my wife I was like, hey, I, I'm jump I'm jumping into the pod like halfway through, and she's like, they're cheating on you. <laughs> yeah, betrayal is real. Nice for you to show up. Uh, I know, man. I I had to fight through LA traffic to make it here, but it's good to be on, boys. How you guys doing? Better now. Doing well, doing well. We're about to hop into some a, a little bit more offense from from Duran. We oh. covered the D. Um, Pause. Cover that D. Pause, I, you know, <laughs> and and we're ready to go. We're ready to get into the offense. We're already off the rails here. Oh, where yeah. we went into a New York talk show segment and <laughs> we're making pause jokes. It's things are falling apart. Or All you right, could say like, they're heating up, falling apart, or heating away. Up. Things are. I'm glad I got buzz. the. I'm glad I got the memo on hats too. So sometimes it just takes time. You still Um, have a sticker on your hat, by the way. Uh, Moving on. It's a New York thing. Uh, (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the shooting. He's hit zero threes. He's shooting 57% from the free throw line. Where are we at on the shooting boys? Albert, you just got here. Let's give us some words. Okay. So I did, I haven't, I have no idea what you guys have talked about until now, which is fun. talked about the D. Uh, Right. You covered the D. Right, yeah. inhale the D. Um, I think um, the biggest Went all thing. In on I, it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I imagine. <laughs> <Michael Scott. laughs> I imagine you guys talked about how raw he is, um, and I'm sure you guys are talking about how young he <laughs> is and what he's gonna be. I, I probably shouldn't have used raw, but anyway, um, I, I think you can apply that to the shooting. Um, he is clearly so okay. Oh, man, I'll, I'll save this one. I'll save this one because I have like a bigger picture question for you guys about Duran. But um, in terms of the shooting, there have been some moments. Yes, a couple couple mid-rangers that look pretty nice. Um, I, I don't remember who it was against, but hit like a turnaround fadeaway. And I was like, the hell did that come from? Um, pretty decent. Um, I imagine that you guys will probably feel what I feel. And then I, I think we need to see more. The free throw shooting numbers are terrifying. Um, but then when you watch him, it, the shooting doesn't look terrifying to me, um, are my initial thoughts. I think 
Uh, he's very young, and there's a lot about his game and also about his body that seems kind of young to me. And what I mean by that is, like, you look at him, and he's ripped out of his mind. I'm sure you guys have talked about that, too. But there's, like, a clunkiness to him that I don't think is a lack of athleticism, but more, like, youth, and he needs to develop. Um, like, he kind of, like, you remember, do you guys remember when Miles Turner was in the whole draft process and everybody talked about Miles Turner's gait? And they're all worried about, like, is he going to run like a normal human being? Do you yes. select a guy in the first round if he can't run like a normal human being? He turned out okay. Miles Turner runs okay now. And he has had a pretty good NBA career, and teams are trying to trade for him now. So um, I think with Duran, there's some rawness all over, and part of that is definitely in the shooting as well is kind of where I wanted to start. I Yeah, I, he's raw, uh, obviously, absolutely. But – but he's not the most raw prospect in the draft where it's a complete, I need, I'm complete betting on this. Like I can, like he's, he's got a floor that I think is higher than people want to give him credit for Like, you know, if I think guys like him and even one of the reasons I was high on Wiseman, it's like, all right. So the floor is probably Deandre Jordan that's a pretty high floor. Like we don't know what the mm. potential might end up being, but like, all right, he's going to probably defend and catch lobs. Now I think the NBA games evolved since Deandre Jordan came into the league where there's more advanced coverages defensively. You have to cover more ground. The game shrunk uh, and whatnot, but yeah, I, there's some clunkiness, but for the shooting, I I'm pretty okay with where he's at. He's shooting 34% on far twos, which is not terrible for a guy who's considered a non-shooter and he shot 35 of them. So, I mean, it's not like he's DeMar DeRozan living in the mid range, but he shot enough of them to be like, all right, this is a sample size. I think we can measure from a college kid who apparently is a non-shooter. So I don't think he'll ever stretch it to the three point line. And I don't think he needs to, or should, but I think that he's going to be confident enough to like when he's setting a screen and teams are overplaying him as a dive man at the hoop. Like, I think he'll be able to just stop and pop in the, you know, little area at, between the half circle and the free throw line. And I think that's a shot that he could use as a counter to when teams just sag off and try to wait for him at the rim. Uh, so I, I think that the shooting is not necessarily like, uh, you know, on, you know, a tool on his belt, but I think he's got it in the toolbox that he can go and, you know, get from across the room from time to time. Rucker, where you yeah, at? I, 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 uh, I'm not as scared as I was. I'm sort of coming around to what Corey's talking about, because once I dove into his film, you're really seeing there's some touch there. And I'm not just talking about the outside shot. Like he, like Albert said, he has a couple flashes where he hit a little, couple turnarounds, but he also has some really nice like footwork and step throughs and touch around the basket. So I'm like, okay, that's developing. There's promise that the outside shot could also develop. Obviously, the free throws scary, but this is why I'm. I'm always nervous about drafting the guys that in high school, he didn't have to shoot the ball from outside. He dunked on everyone. He was overpowering high school opponents. So now all of a sudden he's having to work on that game and focus on it because he's so young. I'm, I'm still thinking like Corey, like it's going to come. Um, 
the free throw percentage, it always scares you with centers when they're lower than 60%. But I do think like that'll get worked on. Um, I think when you're a, a, a one and done freshman like that, that doesn't have that much of an outside shot, like he wasn't going to come in and shoot 85% from the line or else we would have been yeah. drooling, you know? So shocking. Yeah. And, and if you're like, you're saying Corey, if his floor is Deandre Jordan, we're going to be pretty pumped about Jalen Duran at the next level. I mean, yeah. that, that is an impactful presence, especially defensively. So I do think he's got more upside and talent than Deandre Jordan. And we're talking about Deandre Jordan had a, has had a heck of a basketball career. So I was selling early. Now I'm buying. I'm, I'm really starting to get intrigued with Duran. One of the things we haven't really seen much of is like, well, anything you want to see because their point guards are so terrible at Memphis. They literally can't do anything for him. But like, we have not seen them like really go to him on the block. Right. We haven't seen the, the post bag. We haven't seen as much like pick and roll, like dive man stuff as I'd, I'd want to see. And with the, the pick and roll stuff, like, I think that like, if you pair him with Josh Giddy and SGA in Oklahoma city, right? Like he, Giddy's going to find him on these lobs that he's never gotten so easily in his life. And he's finishing like everything around the rim. You know, he's going to be one of these guys like Mitchell Robinson, who's just like sky high field goal percentage. I, I think in an NBA context, he'll be able, I think he might come out of the gate early offensively and show some stuff that he hasn't shown. You know, when he was at Montverde and, and when you in his playing AAU, like he had like a little turnaround fadeaway from the short porch, you know, like he had uh, some stuff that he's just not going to do in college. And just because you do something in high school does not mean that that is going to translate to other levels but it doesn't seem like he's really getting the opportunity to show it. And I think that if he goes to a team that is willing to develop him and give a little freedom, I think that he might show some things and be like, huh, I didn't realize he had that in his bag. And I think that's why, while a lot of people who maybe this is the first time you're really getting a good look at Duran may have sour on him from where he was ranked preseason. I think a lot of those outlets that, have been watching him for years, have stayed consistent with him, probably because they've seen some stuff that he has in his bag that he hasn't got to show off yet. No, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you, Albert, because you're late. Um, no, I, I, I'm agreeing. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, we talked about this in the beginning of the show, just so it could catch up Albert, but I was like, you know, People might move him down, but this is the guy that moves back up as the draft gets closer because NBA teams get in front of him and, you know, all these all these old GMs and, you know, not trying to age shame anyone, but all these old school guys get a look at him in an empty gym and they're just going to be like, oh my gosh, this kid could be something so special. He could change our franchise. So, but I'm like you, I haven't seen him too much in pick and roll besides if they're trying to throw him a lob and... You know, I've seen one play where I think he got like a dump off in the dunker spot and had like a pump fake step through beautiful finish on the other side of the rim. And I was like, can we get more of this? Like, obviously, he's teasing us with the ability to do that. So go ahead, Albert, you jerk. No, (laughs) 
all this name calling on, on no, our no, show, no, you no. know, you're the guest. But anyway, um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to say, I think, Corey, what you're talking about is a really important discussion that people need to consistently have when talking about Durant. Because I think the context here is really, really important. I think what we're the, the reason why people might struggle with Duran is because so many of the things that people are looking for from him as a prospect right now is theoretical, but I think it's theoretical not because he can't show it or is choosing not to show it, but because of the context that he's in, right? You talked about the post touches, you talked about I mean, like, there's so many different aspects of his game that he can't show because, as you mentioned, he doesn't have a point guard. The team's not great. There's a lot of different issues that he has, right, and what the things that he's being asked to do. But then if you start to dig a little deeper and you get into the nitty-gritty, the things that you talked about with the shooting, also, if we start, I'm sure you're going to probably segue into the playmaking. There are little moments there that you see with the playmaking, with the passing. You're like, where the hell did that come from? This is, like, Mm -hmm. some really kind of, beautiful slash advanced stuff that you wouldn't expect if you're looking at the flow of how things have been at Memphis and the context that he's in. So I'm a hundred percent with you guys. I definitely have not been as high on him as Corey has been throughout. And I want to give Corey the credit here where you've been consistently high on Duran, even when everybody else had no ceilings may have wavered or dropped him. You've consistently kept him right around the same range. And I think that's kind of, you know, because of the context. And I think that's a discussion that needs to be held more when we're talking about Dern. And I hope other people are too, because it is a really interesting context that he's in. So I, I just kind of wanted to piggyback off of what you said and kind of back that up. Well, so when you, you talk about like people at no ceilings, and I think the internet draft community at large kind of like souring on him and I'm staying consistent. I think like w- where I've been arguing for him has kind of like specifically been in our like mock draft discussion situations where like I get if you have him at 12, 13, I get it. There, there are plenty of reasons to not buy into a big man that maybe he puts on more mass and is a little bit lumbering and is too slow. Maybe the processing never catches up with the flashes that he's shown. Maybe the reason we're not seeing him get post touches is because he doesn't have that at a high enough level. Uh, The shooting obviously is a major work in progress. Maybe that never comes to fruition. Maybe he becomes a 47% free throw shooter. So all the stuff around the rim, he just becomes a, I get all of that potential downside when I'm kind of arguing for him, like on our, our zoom calls and our meetings and stuff is like, that's all well and good, but there's going to be an executive at the top half of the lottery who looks a kid in his face that literally looks like Shaquille O'Neal and blue chips and goes back to the, you know, back to the, the meeting room and goes, um, we're going to fucking pass on this guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what they're going to say. Like he's going to, he's going to go into workouts and do like a, a Tony Hawk, like 900 dunk at seven feet 250 and teams are gonna be like all right um let's fucking throw away the game film here and because we can work with this we'll mold this we'll our player development staff can take care of this right and sometimes they'll be right the bam out of bio situation they'll be right there right ultimately like i maybe duran is not a first draft team guy Maybe he's a, a second location guy. 
that's a possible scenario too. I could easily see that. But when I argue for him, it's not like, oh, I think you're an idiot because you don't have him in the top five pick. It's just like, well, I do, I do think that the psychology of an NBA front office, maybe not the super smart intellectual ones, but all it takes is one. All it took is was for San Antonio to take Josh Primo at 12. Maybe, maybe they, maybe Primo would have gone 25th. Yeah. If San Antonio doesn't take him and they should have traded back to, to get assets or whatever, but maybe not because all it took, yeah. all it was going to take is one. So I think it's going to be the same thing with, with Duran. And uh, I do think he has shown the passing flashes and I, think those flashes are real he's shown a good uh, amount of examples of it whether it's in the short roll or him doing a little you know arvita savonis no look over the shoulder to a cutter stuff like that's that stuff is fun it's intriguing and above all else it shows a little bit of feel he's not making Mm -hmm. the draymond like come out of the short roll hit the weak side corner yet he's not doing that necessarily but like he doesn't have great spacing he doesn't have great shooters to play with like maybe in an NBA offense spread pick and roll like maybe that's going to be there threat of the dive man you know they they're they're coming out high trying to get the the ball out of you know somebody's hands and the the weak side corner sunk and now he's he's so much more wide open than a shooter will ever be in in a college game right I I can see it happening um Rucker I know you know I posted a clip and this you, you tweeted you like tweeted about it like this is what keeps you up at night the the passing clip uh where are you what do you think the long-term potential is as a passer i mean if you're throwing a no look over your shoulder on the money um i'm excited (laughs) like i wasn't really like all sold and then he did that and i was just like where the hell did that come from because it wasn't just like a fluke it was like he knew he was gonna throw it that way and it was on the money so the flashes are coming there. Um, it's just the whole game. Like I talked to you about earlier in this pod, Corey, like you keep seeing the flashes are coming more and more in like specific areas you want to see throughout the year. Now I'm not saying like it's coming around more consistently, but you're seeing the different flashes. You're seeing the growth that he's experiencing this year. So everything that is, he's on the right you know, track he's he's trending up with his game and it's going slower than we want um i i just have seen some stuff with the short roll like some of those passes to cutters he's he's analyzing the floor he's not panicking with the ball in his hands i I just Mm. really think that he's showing that he's maturing he's showing these necessary steps to improve his game and and that's why i'm starting to come around on him again and you know it's there's a freak in there and it's, it's just can some team unlock all those tools and have them come together. That's, that's what NBA teams are going to have to figure out when they evaluate him, especially up yeah. close and personal. All right. So we made it to this part of the podcast, Albert, you wrote an amazing article for no ceilings this week for taking out the trash where you compared Christian Coloco, Walker Kessler and Mark Williams to the WWF slash WWE big big men of of yesteryear in Kane, the Undertaker, and the Big Show. And mm-hmm. I will say the, the picture that I used for the art for Walker Kessler literally looks like Kane without his mask. Although yeah. that's not who <laughs> you, you actually compared Walker Kessler to. Um, mm-hmm. 
compared like the way they play to the, the pile driver and the choke slam and and the KO punch, which is one of the worst finishing moves it of is. all time. It's yeah. I, it's it's I mean the we don't need to go into that. Yeah. Uh, big fan of him in WCW though is the giant. <laughs> really really fun stuff. But the big question now becomes, and Albert, since you you wrote the article, yeah, I I want to I'll kick it to you. Are you would you rather draft Jalen Duran at pick eight or any one of Mark Williams, Walker Kessler, or Christian Coloco at pick twenty three? Okay. Okay, so that's the question yeah. that NBA yeah. will wrestle with. So, Corey, I, right now I'm a little annoyed because you literally asked me the question that I wanted to ask you guys because mm. this is we, such we can a, do it all. We can answer it yeah, all. Yeah, no, it's such a draft philosophy question that has been like this has been chewing at me for like three weeks now because every time we do like a big board or a mock draft, like you, Corey, have been consistent about your your love and support for Jalen Duran, and I really respect that. But like in the back of my mind, I keep asking myself like. Okay, like I understand that there are things that Jalen Duran can do on the court that those three other guys that you mentioned, and maybe even like a Kamagate or whoever, even that Butler kid from Florida State. Holy crap. Have you seen him recently? Mm, He's like, he's starting to do some stuff. I was like, what the hell is this? But anyway, like I I start, like it can't, I can't shake this question in my mind. Like, as you mentioned, I really do believe there might be an NBA team that takes Duran like seven or eight right? Or even even in the 12 range, right? But then for me, it's like, what is the huge difference between Duran and that other crop of guys? Because as I mentioned before, I believe so much of your evaluation with Duran is going to be theoretical, right? Because I don't, like by the end of the season, how much is Duran going to be actually be able to show us as a college prospect coming into the NBA? Meanwhile, we have guys like Mark Williams playing for a high-profile Duke team. He's starting to do more. Walker Kessler's had a nice string of games the last three, four games where he's putting up some big numbers. Coloco, I I've, I really enjoyed watching Coloco's tape. Like, And shouts to you, Rucker, because I think you were one of the first people I ever heard even talk about Coloco. And you start to see his hands, the way that he can move, the raw strength that he has. It's pretty ridiculous, right? Kamagate, Butler. Like, it's a long list of centers. For me, I want to ask you guys, because for me, I lean towards why don't I take a guy in the late first round, early second, maybe, maybe even at the end of the second round. Like, the Knicks took Jericho Sims late in the second round. I was like, great pick. I love that pick. And of course, I mean, Jericho Sims hasn't played much, but when I think about what he's able to do and what he might end up becoming, I feel like that's great value to grab Jericho Sims where the Knicks took, took him. So my question for you guys is, once again, for me, it feels so much of what Duran is and could be is theoretical. What would move you guys to taking him in the top eight and not Kessler at 29 or Mark Williams at 22? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Because for me... I lean more towards that crop of in that range because like Corey, I remember you did a video recently on your YouTube page. Maybe not recently, like two months ago, three months ago about like all the rage of big wings, big creators Mm. in the NBA. And then we talk about like bigs who pop because they're different. Like a, like Giannis, he's a freak, right? Nikola Jokic, right? You could throw it to him in the nail. He can do all kinds of stuff, right? 
So does Duren have that type of ceiling where you feel confident in taking him in that range of 8 to 12? Or is it safer to just wait a little bit is the question that I really wanted to ask you guys because I it's it's kind of been messing with me a lot. So for me, I think or if you're if you're taking Duran or you're thinking about it and you're you're wrestling with this philosophical question. You see that smart guy Twitter? Draft Twitter? <laughs> we could talk philosophy. We'll make some dick jokes along the way, but we'll get serious too. We're the whole package, man. We're smarter than we look. We're the, I'm about to we're get the, deep in my feelings now. We're so the, let's get after we're the, this. We're the, you know, you're laying in bed with your girl at 3 a.m. talking about aliens. You know, we do, we'll do it all. Hell Life, yeah. how did it start? Where does the universe end? Where did it begin? So the, the philosophical question is like, is Walker Kessler's ceiling Jalen Duran's floor? Is is the way I would approach it. Like, is Mark wow. Williams ever going to be anything more than like a Daniel Gafford type of center? Like, where are, are we gonna if when we do his episode, are we gonna talk about his short roll passing in the future? Are we gonna talk about him stepping into a mid-range shot ever? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but like how serious will we be about it? So it's like all right, if all goes well, and I and obviously like Mark Williams, another guy I've been kind of holding the fort down on for for no ceilings. His game could be simplistic and not really grow, and he could still be like a valuable player. But he is what he is. You kind of know what he is, right? If I'm drafting him, if I'm the Hornets, like I, I think he went to the Hornets in our our latest mock draft at no ceilings. Like, I know why I'm drafting him there to protect the rim for maybe some perimeter defense that looks a little shoddy. And he's going to catch a bajillion lobs from, from Mello. And like, that's awesome. With Duran, you have those questions. Like, is he going to be a short roll passer? Is he going to be able to hit that little mid range jumper? Is he going to show that little turnaround post fade that he had in high school? Like those are questions for me philosophically where if I'm drafting them higher, it's like, all right, low end, he's probably going to be DeAndre Jordan. Like I think that could be his floor. And and even if he doesn't really develop his game all that much, at least if you put him with a good point guard, like he'll still find ways to contribute even if he's not on the floor game six of the playoffs in round two. I don't know if I could have the conversations with Mark Williams and Walker Kessler and Christian Coloco of like, can these guys do a whole lot more than what we're kind of seeing them doing? And when we're comparing them, like, you know, Coloco's uh, a little bit older, right? And he's he's finally showing those signs and getting the opportunity. Like, Duran's doing, we're having these questions about him, and he's he just turned 18. Like, he can he can vote now. But he couldn't in the last election. You know, like, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where we're at with him. So that yeah. that's kind of my philosophical feeling on why you would be the guy in the room in the war room going, we should take Duran over those guys early because of this. Got it. Yeah, I, <clears throat> to go off of what Corey's saying, I think Duran's going to be one of the biggest swings. Um, you know, getting to the plate, you're swinging for the fences with him because, like Corey said, those other guys. 
the front office is going to convince themselves they know what they are. They know what they're going to bring to the table. But with Duran, you're you're banking on future stock. You're banking on him skyrocketing. And I have to get this out of my head before I forget to say it, because I think it's really important to what we're talking about with Duran. You know, you go back the last couple of drafts. I brought this up earlier in the show, Albert. I just talked about like, I could be lower on Duran. I have him 12th right now. I'm trying to keep moving him up. I will not be surprised if he goes top six because every NBA team, the front office fall in love with this type of big man. Um, you know, the Luka Doncic draft, he had <laughs> one of the best resumes a prospect is ever going to have ever. ever. And DeAndre <laughs> Aiden averaged probably ever like, again. Ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. And DeAndre Aiden averaged 21 and 10, a full season at Arizona. Phoenix takes him first because he's seven foot built a potential franchise altering center. James Wiseman plays three games, goes second overall. So I'm saying like teams are going to get in front of Duran and be like, Holy crap. Look at this kid. Like Corey's saying, like they're going to say, throw the tape out. We have this raw 18-year-old, he might be 19, or no, he just turned 18, right? He just turned, he's going to be 18 and a half years old on draft night. On draft he's, night. He's going like, to be 18 when he plays his first NBA game. Exactly. So I'm saying, that's what you're saying. You're swinging for the fences with Duran. You're saying this, we don't even know how good he could be. He has all these tools already. If he keeps right. showing us flashes and looks good in, in person, hmm. it's going to be one of those things where I would be swinging. If I got to six or seven and Duran's on right. the board and I'm believing in, yes, I'm taking that swing. Mm. But it also, like Corey says, you have to measure his floor to potentially the ceiling of the other big prospects. And like, yeah, I'm higher on Coloco than a lot of guys. I still think mm-hmm. he's older, but I still think the game's coming around to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Mark Williams believer. I think like Corey, yeah. like I, I just think you know what Mark Williams is going to be. He's going mm-hmm. to be, like Corey said, this rim-protecting lob threat that can get after on the boards. Kessler's look fantastic. Um, I still have some yeah. questions about his Same. versatility defensively just when it comes to guards. But yeah, Duren's the swing, and I think NBA teams are going to, you know, we all might move him down and slowly move him up. NBA teams might be like, to hell with that. This is a top five pick still. So mm. I think that I, also quali- I think that also qualifies as our sell me this pen segment. You're welcome. Mm. Yeah. I accept I accept that tried was, it layers as tips. So that was as you, that was you know <laughs> I, mm-hmm. as you guys were talking, I was thinking like if the Blazers are there at nine and Duran's on the board, that I feel like that's an interesting swing. Nurkic is gonna be a free agent. You know, I, I, okay. I'm kind of, I get, I get where you guys are coming from. It makes sense. I could see a team like Portland, Portland being like, let's take a swing on this guy at nine. See if he can. Yeah. Okay. The problem, well, the problem with Portland there is that they're in the playoff play in game right now. And you know, Dame and CJ will be healthy and they're going to get them in the playoffs. And then the pick's going to go to the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> it's a real problem for one of us That's, on this board. It's a real problem. Uh, no, but even if, if he went to Chicago, I mean, not Chicago. If he went to Portland, yeah, yeah. they get to dummy it down for him. Like the first yeah. year, they get to just make life simple. Like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to take more shots than 
our starting point guard and potentially I hope CJ's still there because I love CJ, but that's the type of place you you put them there and you just say, This is not a one year thing. This is a yeah. three year process and then right. we will reevaluate. And he's so yeah. damn young. It's that's it, like I said to Corey earlier, it's like drafting him straight out of high school. I mean, it's yeah. just that's it. It's ridiculous. Now you got me wanting to move him up already just because well, of the damn podcast. Well, yeah. that's what we do here. That's the the whole point of this. We every week we somehow talk up every single prospect for and, real. My and God. then you have to make a board and you're like, oh, fuck. How did I say <laughs> the words I said about this guy? And now I'm going to have him at 17. That doesn't make sense. Right. But somebody has to be 17. You can't Ugh. you can't all be, you know, 12 and, and seven. Somebody's got to be the other numbers. Did you guys do comps yet? No. No, no. So, okay. All right, oh, Albert, do, do you have? Uh, come on, this I'm is ready. this is a segment on our show. If you're your your first time, Rucker? Yeah, I haven't been on here? since. You, I haven't been are on. You since, new here? I haven't been on since 1986. So <laughs> we didn't even we didn't do we, that. Was a weird episode. We didn't even do the the uh, normal true, format. Yeah. Um, all right, Albert. If you're buying stock in Duran, yeah. who may you have bought stock in previously? Uh, okay. So usually I go with '90s guys, but I don't think we had a lot of freaks like him in the '90s. Uh, I, I mean, you know, in the nineties, we had a lot of our slender centers. Uh, Duran's not really a slender guy. This guy's sick. Who I thought of is this player in college. They thought he was going to be something really interesting. I think he had some weight issues. He wore a lot of t-shirts under his jerseys, um, but he was still ripped and people were really excited about him. I don't remember where he went in the draft. He, he might have went 10th in the draft. I don't remember, actually. Um, my guy's Andre Drummond. Um, it's like who people thought Andre Drummond was going to be. Maybe Duren becomes that was where my mind went. Um, yeah. Is that weird? I, that's, that's what I thought. Con career. I think <laughs> exactly. he went ninth. I think he went okay. ninth. Okay. Um, that's who I was thinking. No, I don't think it's completely out there because I think like even Drummond now is probably a better passer than people think he is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the rebounding, you know, he's absurd as a rebounder and whatnot. Yeah. Never really truly expanded his game, but like did get better as a free throw shooter as his career went on. I think mm-hmm. the the thing that held Drummond back or why people you know would be down on i don't think he ever figured out the processing stuff defensively Mm -hmm. to like really be that anchor that you want and i do think that is a potential downside uh for duran right but even andre drummond like this is a guy who i mean he was a borderline all-star type player right like did he right he he never made the all-star game did he did he have one of those ridiculous years where he was like a film i don't know but he's a guy that was he, he was definitely on the cusp at one point. Uh, wow. When he was two-time All-Star, believe it or not. Two-time All-Star, yeah. Right? So you're looking at a guy like downside. If your downside is Andre Drummond, that's not bad mm-hmm. because even if he's not like the winning player, right? Like, you know, these guys still have trade value. <laughs> like a, a two, yeah. an All-Star type player is a guy that people are going to want to trade for to get value if you cash in at the right moment uh you know on your stock so uh i think that you know that's that's a fun one i rucker do you have one because it seems like you had to go top of your head i have panicking i have like two guys but 
I need to like subtract a skill set that they have. Is that legal? <laughs> Do it. Uh, I want to say like yeah, it, Robert. This, it's it's not a one to one. I know, have like no, just... Robert Robert Williams without the passing. That's uh-huh. that's my vibe. A cool. bigger Robert Williams without the passing. I I, can't, I don't know. I, I, can't. I love Robert Williams. That dude is so yeah. Good. I, it's the Time Lord. It's like. Did we think he was going to be this kind of passer? I did it. What? Did, we I don't think, think we did, right? He didn't have that no, big bag dude, and call no at a If he was no, going to be this kind of passer, he would have went top Hired. 10. Well, he yeah. had the medical problem. Yeah. Oh. That's why he slipped. And so, like, I think, like, a bigger Robert Williams, although I think Robert Williams is just fantastic. He also yeah, named his kid. He just had a kid. Shout out Time Lord. And he named his kid Hendrix. So, obviously, he's a big Jimi Hendrix guy. So, shout out Time Lord. Maybe he's um, a fan of Hendrix hockey from the Mighty Ducks. We did, there you go. There it is. That's what it is. It's a win-win, Corey. Team <laughs> USA, baby. <laughs> no, but I think like that, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird. Miles Turner? No. Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mentioned Miles Turner before, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I went with, I, you know, Albert is the guy who usually goes with the older, some of the older guys. Yeah. And this guy's not a, this isn't a 90s guy, uh, but almost. I, I'm going to go with um, Jermaine O'Neal. That's a good oh. one. Oh, my gosh. He's got the same shot, too. Yeah. yeah. He's got that bullet. Fuck, that's a good one. They're both kind of thick. You know, babies when they came in the league. Yeah, Jermaine and, was out of high school, right? Yep. And I don't know if, you know, obviously, like, we know it took the, the trade to free up playing time uh, to finally get Jermaine O'Neal on the floor and let him, you know, ball out play to his potential i don't know maybe that's a scenario you could live with i think duran's gonna be one of those guys that he might not come out of the gate and set the world on fire mm-hmm. we're already this year we're like you know the beginning of the season we're like all right so we're taking franz above kate in a redraft you know like that's people and that's, that's what we do at. uh i think duran's one of those guys where like after year one almost where we're at with wiseman People are out. People have dumped all of the stock. His his price is tanked. And maybe if, if he deals with injury stuff, like that's a real concern. Right. If I bought it all, Corey. That can't say help. Well, we we both did. we're gonna be rich because yeah. I bought it all. I've Wouldn't been be buying nice? it all. All of but, it. Everyone listening, all of it. I have it all. But uh yeah, it's just like he's one of these guys where like, all right, maybe he doesn't and and again, I mean I think we're both on the same side where it's like oh, Wiseman was pretty good last year. Can cons- like compared to where people are like talk about him, like, like he was pretty good. He showed some real fun stuff, but I think he Duran could be one of these guys where you're like, all right, maybe he's not showing out the way some of these other guys that are taken behind him are, but we're not drafting for year one. We're drafting for year seven, year six. Right. And he could be one of those guys. Whether it's on the first team or the second team, I don't know. But mm. all I know is I want him to go to a situation where he can develop his game and mold it because I think he has special potential if he lands in the right context. Mm. If he doesn't, I could totally see him being a guy that is just one of the go- – we always want more. But it's certainly there, and I think the floor is high enough that you take the chance fairly early. Yeah, I would be surprised if he went 
in the top 10 and played serious minutes his rookie year. I would mm. think this, a smart team would be like, we're not rushing him into the starting lineup just because he's a top 10 pick. We are letting him build some confidence. Um, he, I would be very shocked if he all of a sudden has the Evan Mobley, like, holy crap, look how good this guy is. We can't keep him off the floor. I think yep. he's going to be more realistic of like, let's, let's put him with a veteran center who can show him the ropes and we'll play him sparringly and keep building his confidence. And then maybe the second half of the year, you let him run wild and start building some confidence. So I'm, I'm right you there that, with you. You know who that sounds like? James Wise. Sounds like, sounds like Jakob Pertl. Sounds like Jakob <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like the San Antonio Spurs at currently at the seventh spot who just took they Josh love Primo. Pertl. Seems like, Seems like the the Spurs might be. See, they had some pretty good big men on their team, did they not? I mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we're we're old guys now. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe Pop maybe Pop knows a thing or two. Yeah, I don't know. Throw him with Chip England. Maybe he's chucking threes. Damn. Who, who knows? Damn. Um, <laughs> Rucker, uh, as our guest, why don't you tell everyone on the internet where they can find you? I am at no ceilings. Obviously I'm going to plug that first. Uh, no ceilings.substack.com with these two gentlemen. It's been an absolute bat out of hell freight train and it's been awesome. And I'm also a backward violation on social media. Pretty much everywhere you can, you can hide, but you know, you can run, but you can't hide. So thank you guys for having me on and I'm pumped to keep grinding on no ceilings in the draft season. Yes, sir. Albert, where are you at? Uh, where can you find me? Um, you can find me. Hey, I'm also a part of this no ceilings collective thing, but, uh, my, sure my handle is, uh, Alberto Gim. Uh, you can also find me at GTG NBA. Um, do want to say having Rucker on is always fun. It's always, yes. always fun. Uh, if you guys didn't know, I just to give you guys a little, um, what's the, what's the, what's that segment behind the, behind the, not behind the scenes, behind the. It's the baseball music? one. No, the, what's the baseball one? I forgot there's a baseball one. Whatever, who cares? Um, Corey and Corey and Rucker, they they they're really like one are kind of fearless leaders at no ceilings, and they, they do a great job of um, dealing with all of our crazy personalities. If you guys could ever see or get on our Zoom calls, and if you could hear some of the wild things that our guys say, it's unbelievable. But um, Corey and Rucker do a great job of balancing us all out. So I just want to thank you once again, Rucker, for joining us today and kind of subbing in for the first 70% of the pod because I was stuck in traffic. But, um, yeah, man, awesome having you guys on. And, um, yeah, where where can we find you, uh, Mr. Tulliba? Hey, uh, you can find me at Corey Tulliba on the Twitters, at the noceilingsubstack.com, which is free. If you subscribe, you get it directly to your inbox every single morning you guys are going to want to be like all the cool kids. And when we talk about the cool kids, let's, you know, let's throw it out there, man. No, you want to be like the NBA executives that are subscribed. You want to be like the NBA agents that are subscribed. You want to be like all of our friends in the draft community who have subscribed. All right. Be a part of the community comment. You could also find uh, my YouTube channel, uh, NBA draft dude, subscribe there. Um, Got a film sesh coming on Paolo Boncaro, hopefully early next week. Ooh. And uh, oh I'm excited for another another very uh, controversial player. And, uh, you know, every week you could find my voice, Albert's voice, and uh, 
some guests on the Draft Act NBA Draft Podcast, which you're listening to right now. And if you haven't yet, you know you can still you can now um, leave a rating on Spotify. Oh give my! Us little, give us a little rating on Spotify if you haven't already. Give us a little rating on Apple Apple Podcasts. That stuff, you know, it helps out. I'm I'm not gonna hold you to a five star rating. Sometimes we go off the rails. We talked about a lot of things today. <laughs> You know, you, you be honest. You you give us what you think we deserve. All right. I'm not I'm not on my knees begging for ratings. You know, I want you to be honest with yourself. So uh, if you think that's a four. All right. I get it. We got big personalities sometimes, man. But I, I would appreciate a five. So um, now we're rambling. Thank you for everybody for tuning in this long. Uh, thank you, everybody who watched on YouTube. Uh Make sure to subscribe to No Ceilings YouTube, too. There's so many things to plug. That's it for us. We will be back next week, as always. More draft stuff to discuss. It never sleeps. It's all year round now because No Ceilings is doing it all year round. We out. Peace. Peace.